0: Hi, my name is Ben Armstrong. Hey, this is David Koch. My name is Thomas Maurer.
1: Hi, I'm Donna Sarko. Hi, my name is Lana Montgomery. Hi,
0: I'm Seth Juarez. Hi,
1: I'm Aaron Thomas. I'm Jess Dodson. Hi, I'm Rocky Heckman. Hi, I'm Sunnya Cup. Hi, I'm Troy Hunt. Hello,
0: this is Wally Me. My name is Reed Purvis. Hi, I'm Laszlo. Hi, my name is Alan Birchall. Hi, I'm Adam Fowler. Hi, I'm Scott Guthrie, and you're listening to the Need to Know podcast. All the latest Microsoft cloud news, as well as industry guest deep dive conversations. It's a Need to Know podcast. All thanks to the the CIA Ops patron community, the Need to Know podcast. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook, N2K Podcast, and online at ciaops.podbean.com. Welcome along to the Need to Know podcast. My name is Robert Crane, and you join me for episode 283. It's been a little bit of a while since been able to get a podcast out, but looking to bring you all the news and information about Microsoft Cloud plus some interviews around cloud topics that appeal to those working with and administering Microsoft 365. For all assistance that you may need getting up to speed, keeping up to date on a daily basis with Microsoft 365 and the Microsoft Cloud, please visit www.ciaopspatron.com and help support this podcast. So with that, why don't we talk about some news that has come out of Microsoft uh, and the general environment. Most of this, as always, is around security. So I'm going to kick this off with a interesting article from Go Secure. How, um, the multi-factor authentication challenge that many people have in Microsoft 365 um, is basically being targeted by what's called a MFA fatigue attack. Now, if you haven't seen this, this is basically where attackers will continually request uh, MFA authentication From a user to the user just gets sick of it and basically then allows it so it's sort of a nagware uh, style attack now again uh, depending on how you've got your mfa set up uh, this may have an impact to you so go and have a look and read this article Uh, basically it's just throwing multiple requests at the user and trying to fatigue them out to just accept it to make the things go away the best approach generally is to look at a passwordless login and to use the capability that will prompt the user to enter a number that is on the screen. So they need to match a number in their authenticator app with the number that is presented to them on the screen when they attempt to log in. So this is the technique or this is the method that I use and recommend that to everybody. I think it's probably the most secure. The latest advances in Azure AD will also give you an indication of where that authentication request has come geographically so that can help things as well. So again, go and have a look at this Go Secure article and keep it in mind because attackers are going to use any method they can to try and get into users' accounts. Now, speaking about our users here, Microsoft has streamlined the way that uh, phishing and security can be submitted Uh, into your environment. So for example, when they receive a phishing email, you've got an option in Outlook to report that email. That can then be surfaced inside the admin console and then also forwarded on to Microsoft for review. You can go in and control that and Microsoft has made some updates around that to make it easier to uh, manage these submissions and also for the security teams to have a look at the emails the attachments the urls that were reported by users so again just go in have a look at that see what enhancements microsoft has made this is for a uh, defender for office 365. now we've also got an article here from microsoft uh, called cyber signals defending against cyber threats um, this is a good little report here to go in and have a look at it's a simple pdf document but it has some uh, very interesting statistics in it and the real takeaway and called out by microsoft here in this article is that across all the azure ad environments all the identities there only 22 of customers are using uh, basically mfa so uh, i know when that statistic used to be 0.7 percent it has improved, but as you can see, it's still got, you know, a huge uh, way to go uh, to get up to speed. So please, 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 MFA everywhere, make sure that you are putting in its easiest way to protect uh, environments against ransomware attacks, uh, phishing, all that sort of stuff. So again, go and have a look at this report, download it, go and show your customers, but uh, the figures are still way too low. We need to do more work as IT professionals to get the word out to the users of how important it is to implement uh, MFA across all environments. Now, of course, one of the other enhancements Microsoft has made recently is it's going to start blocking uh, Internet macros by default in Office. So a macro is an automation process that can launch when a file is open. So typically we see a phishing attack um, or an attack. Most attacks start with the user receiving an email with an attachment that they open and it will typically run an exe or a macro that's tied to an office document Uh, and then that is the initial vector that allows the attacker then to leverage uh, into the environment. So now we're going to get the fact that all uh, attachments that are office documents delivered from the internet are going to have their macros blocked rather than just having a banner saying you know enable if you need to. I think this is a much uh, better approach, much more secure approach. It's been a long time coming. A lot of security researchers have said, certainly agree with that. But obviously it's a big thing for Microsoft to do. And there are a lot of people out there who are still very, very dependent on uh, all sorts of macros. But this is a great step forward. Go and have a look at it. Make sure you are aware of it in case it does impact your organization. But this change for most people, they won't even know it, I would suggest. And it's going to make the environments far more secure. So just be aware of those changes. Next one here is that we do have some new settings in the ability with Microsoft here on Endpoint Security, so Intune and Endpoint Security, that can allow you to have better control over the local group membership. So what you find is, is that many devices are installed and there are still local users in those devices because they've been bought commercially or whatever they haven't been wiped and reloaded with just Azure AD uh, credentials on there so if you do have that or you do need to control that Microsoft's now uh, got some additional configuration capabilities for you using uh, endpoint security so this is really really good to manage and control those local user and user group membership as well to keep the users out of being things like a local admin of the devices. So again, uh, go and have a look at that and configure that uh, in Endpoint Security if you do need to. Now, there is also the general availability of vulnerability management support for Android and iOS. So this is part of uh, Defender for Endpoint this means that you can put obviously the client for android and ios on devices it will protect the web scanning and the links that users click on in their emails on those devices but the vulnerability side of it any threats are now also feeding through into the vulnerability vulnerability management side of the Defender for Endpoint Console inside security.microsoft.com. So again, this article, go and have a look at it. You'll be able to see these changes, improvements, and updates. It's also going to look at things like, you know, the assessment of the operating system, um, you know, BYOD impacts and so on. So I would certainly go and have a look at that if you are protecting or looking to protect iOS and Android devices with Defender for Endpoint. Now, moving away from security, probably the biggest announcement uh, outside of that was Windows 365 Enterprise now supports direct Azure AD join uh, PCs? Previously, uh, Windows 365 Enterprise did require a domain controller, so whether that's on prem, uh, VM, or um, you know, Azure AD domain services. So Microsoft now has removed that requirement. You've now got the flexibility to still use a domain controller if you want, but you can now do a direct Azure AD join. Now, when you do an Azure AD join, you can also join it to, you know, like a Microsoft provided network. So you don't have to worry about spinning up an Azure uh, network, virtual network and all that, but you still can do that if you want. So much more flexibility now, removes the need for a domain controller, really SMB friendly, I would suggest. Uh, So, again, go and have a look at this. If you haven't used Windows 365, I'd certainly encourage you to do it. And if you really want the most flexibility with Windows 365, uh, go in and have a look at the enterprise offering. And now it's even better because you don't have to worry about setting up a domain controller. You can just join it straight to Azure AD and then provision your Windows 365 PCs directly out of that. You can also do that uh, in the... uh, endpoint.microsoft.com okay so uh, that's going to give you that capability one console bringing it together um, but Azure AD join for Windows 365 Enterprise I think is going to be uh, a big thing going forward now the last one I've got here for you is the ability now to send from an email alias again this is one of these things that's taken a long time to finally appear in uh, exchange online so this is going to provide a much easier capability to you know uh, be sending from different email addresses for your clients is very common when you have staff working you know across support or info and sharing mailboxes and things like that so again go in and have a look at that Uh, shouldn't be too much configuration required rolling out uh, to your environment as we speak so that's brought you up to date with all the latest news and information around the microsoft cloud Um, Don't forget, you can always reach out to me on the Twitters at Director CIA. Feel free to email me, director at ciaops.com, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast, and remember, don't forget to go and have a look at what www.ciaopspatron.com may be able to provide for you. So with that, why don't we get into the interview for this episode welcome along to our interview for this need to know podcast i'm joined by a familiar face who is a regular guest uh welcome back jeff alexander how are you good robert how are you excellent so um jeff's been kind enough to come on and speak to us about i think a topic of uh, most note at the moment very high interest but before jeff does that do you want to give us a bit of a background about yourself yourself, jeff and where you currently sit in the microsoft environment
1: yeah, well, Robert, I think a lot of your audience knows me. Um, so coming up to 35 years at Microsoft this year, um, so that'll be later this year in August. But my current role is I work in um, the Fast Track organization at Microsoft, uh, which um, the Fast Track organization is all about helping customers um, realize the value of what they've purchased. Um, that's you know M365, so they, um, we help them deploy according to our best practices. Uh, my current title is I'm in a team, a new team within Fast Track of specialists. So we're a deep technical team, an engineering organization. Uh, and essentially what my title is, and I'm not a big fan of titles, but it's a modern work architect specialist. And essentially what I focus on is security, compliance, identity, and management. Uh, so focusing on the defender products, the identity products, compliance products. Uh, and essentially I'm an escalation point for uh, some of my modern work architects in uh, the APAC region, and they will bring uh, blockers to me where customers are, are, have a technical blocker on a particular product in our platform, and they can't move forward or they found um, a bug or a feature gap. I will work with the um, feature PMs and the engineering teams uh, to help unblock and see where we can get that onto our DevOps pipeline for development uh, or or workarounds that we might have in the rest of the platform. So it's an interesting job. Been in this job for about um, eight months or so. Started at the beginning of this financial year. So it's kind of like I'm working in a startup within the larger organization of Microsoft. So lots of autonomy,
0: which is great. So given your time at Microsoft and the anniversaries you've had, how does it start off there? Is the first year anniversary a mouse mat and then five years it's a, a pen and then 25 years it's an Xbox? Is is that how the mat Microsoft works? No, it's, it's works? glass.
1: You get you get, uh, you get the, these huge glass um, trophies that I haven't been able to take out. Um, when my kids were little, I couldn't take them out because they're so heavy, I was worried about them falling. Um, but uh, yeah, for 20, 20 years, you get a big hunk of glass, which has got your name engraved in it. 25 years, I get my name on the building in building 30, 33 at Microsoft Corporate Campus uh And essentially, you get your name up on the wall where Bill Gates is. Yep, I have, is I have seen all.
0: your, I have seen your name actually on there. So, yep, I've been there and Next seen time, that. If,
1: yeah, if you've seen that. So, uh obviously, none of us are traveling at the moment, so not a lot of people are seeing those names. But uh, essentially, Very they send you a huge box with um, a piece of glass in it, and you have to find somewhere to put it in your house. Um, and don't tend to keep it in the office because nobody's in the office because of hybrid working. We're all at home. So, yeah.
0: all right. Well, again. Congratulations on that. Obviously, yeah, uh, it's a long period in any employment, but uh, yeah, with Microsoft, you would have seen a lot of changes. Now, the one of the things I'd like uh, brought Jeff on to have a talk about is the you know the Defender product from Microsoft. So maybe the best place to start, Jeff, is at the very top of the tree. Just give people a bit of an overview or a bit of an understanding. Is you know what when they talk about Microsoft Defender, I know there's a lot of components underneath it, but but how can we help people understand what Defender is overall?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a good question, and you know we've we've recently gone through a number of uh, name changes for the products recently. So uh, what you actually see is that you know Defender obviously started with um, you know Microsoft Defender on the endpoint which is where you know most people have seen it uh, from a Windows perspective, right? You see Defender on the on your device. it's built into Windows and it has been for, for some time. But there's obviously a lot of different uh, products that uh, make up the entire uh, scenario of Defender, right? So you've got you know um, a, a number of different products uh, that are actually in the platform itself. You've got obviously you've got Defender for endpoint, which is the, Uh, The product that covers Endpoint. Then you've got um, Microsoft Defender for Office 365. And Defender for Office 365 is essentially um, think of that as your email, right? You know, phishing, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, And then we have um, Defender for Identity. Uh, And back in the day, Defender for Identity, um, we we acquired a product many years ago called Advanced Threat Analytics, which was an on premises product uh, that allowed us to look at lateral movement inside an organization. This is now called Defender for Identity. And essentially, that is doing the same thing. It's doing uh, uh, allowing uh, organizations to track lateral movement or unusual behavior that's in an environment. Uh, and then you've got um, Defender for Cloud Apps, which is the old Microsoft Cloud App Security, which we are basically looking at you know when an organization is looking at um, understanding the cloud applications that their users are using. Uh, it's a it's a product that helps them to control how users are actually using those applications. And a common scenario we see there is that, look, we've got a lot of users working from home. I don't want them to put sensitive documents up into their into you know a third party storage platform like Box or Dropbox or something like that. Uh, and so what we allow us allow what we do and we integrate into Azure Active Directory is to do what we call session control. And session control allows us to say, okay, well. I want to allow the user to to use a particular product, but I don't want them to do the wrong thing. And we're helping to guide the user in the right direction, I guess you could say. Uh, and essentially, what that means is we're making sure that um, a user is doing the right thing and they're, you know, not getting themselves in in any trouble, I guess you could say. Uh, and you know, there's there's obviously um, you know a lot of areas that we look at, you know, so. Uh, you know, we all obviously, if you look at Defender, Defender is our XDR platform, and then we integrate with Azure Sentinel, um, which you—I don't know if you've played around with uh, Azure Sentinel, but essentially oh, yeah, love that, it. love it. Yeah, I mean, our, 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 our own scene, Who would have thought that Microsoft did it would do a scene, right? So, you know, so Microsoft 365 Defender, in a nutshell, it looks at looks at identities, um, um, which is Defender for Identity, which is formerly uh, Azure Advanced Threat Protection. It looks at endpoints, it looks at cloud applications, and it looks at user data. That's it in a nutshell, right? Uh, and what it is, is it's, um, we take away, we, we basically do it so that since we're shifting from individual silos to intelligence into a unified portal. And so if, if your customers, you know, sorry, if your uh, audience rather, wants to remember one thing, the portal you want to go to is security.microsoft.com, and that'll have everything in there. We recently just moved Defender for um, Identity into the the Unified portal, um, so you don't have to go to a different location. Uh, Last year, we moved uh, Defender for Office 365 in that. So what you're getting is you're getting coordinated singles uh, across the the kill chain into this one portal. Uh, And for SecOps and for, for SOC teams, uh when they're looking at um the signals in the that are coming in they need to understand across the attack kill chain um where this uh where these are actually coming from and which product is actually going to help mitigate
0: against it so i think like i said there are lots of products in here there are lots of you know, focus solutions that provides the integration, as you mentioned, is the key, the feed up into things like Sentinel, uh, the ability to use the logging, the KQL, the query it, is one of the big benefits looking at this mm. in total that I think a lot of people have come from a background where they they seem to pick and choose, I want a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of this, a bit of that, and then when they manage it, it's like, oh, that's a bit of this, a bit of this, a bit of that, there's no integration or the integration becomes very, very hard. And, in today's security mm-hmm. world, it's like you just can't be across all the information. So the integration, the uh, infusion of AI to do a lot of the hard yards, I think, is is one of the major benefits that the Microsoft stack provides and is aimed at taking the load off those people that are trying to defend against a tax which could come from anywhere at any time would, you know, that's that's really what I see as one of the major benefits is, is that sort of in the, the wheelhouse as well. When you talk to customers, and say, look, you know, don't forget you've got the individual components we just talked about, but the integration is is really where it's at.
1: Yeah, yeah, because if you you know if you look at um, you know and, and we had this demo um, that uh, we have in the portal that our sales teams actually use to to demo. Uh, and essentially, the way we uh, look at it is our demos is based on the Nobilium, uh attack, uh, and your you know your audience can go. That Microsoft did a series on the anatomy of the nobelium attack uh, and how that actually worked, and how that actually uh, how we mitigated against that. So in our demo, essentially, what we look at is we look at what we call multi-stage incidents. Um, so you're you're in a unified portal, right? And you, you'll see, a, you can filter on a multi stage incident, right? It means that, that an attacker has used multiple methods, uh, generally starting with an email, right? Um, it generally starts with a phishing attempt, which obviously uh, during COVID over the last two years, we've seen an explosion in phishing attempts. And, and this is why it's very important for organizations to educate their users so that users can recognize uh, those types of, types of attacks. But then when we go into a multi-stage incident in the unified portal, you'll what you'll actually see is that um, in the alerts queue, you'll actually see um, the different methods, uh, the different methods that were actually used, whether, whether it's a suspicious URL, whether it's Mimi cats or whatever it may be. And then you'll see in a, a column in the unified portal where we'll say, what was the detection source? Was it defender for endpoint? Was it um, EDR, you know, advanced detection and response? Um, so there's there's different methods that we use, and for for SOC teams, this makes it really easier, much much easier for them to be able to triage um, the issues that they're seeing in their organization, right? Um, so you know, it it makes a huge huge difference to have that unified portal because when you when you talk about uh, a single product or, or what we used to call best of breed, right? Um, and best of breed means that you're using a product that you, know, you think is the best for its, uh, its particular focus area. It could be XDR, or it could be EDR or whatever it may be, but it might not have signals from other attack techniques, right? Um, we follow the MITRE, um, uh, the MITRE, um, at- you know, attack uh, tactics when we, when we look at these events, right? So when you see an event, you get an, a, a summary of an event, uh, it'll tell you uh, the alert categories, the scope, how many devices were impacted, how many users were impacted, uh, and then it'll give the use. The basically, when you click when you click on alerts, you'll actually see which product uh, was 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 where we're getting our signals from. And a lot of it comes from the endpoint, right? Um, so you know, are we're, we're sending signals from the endpoint into our cloud so that we can actually then reason over that through machine learning and AI, as you said before, right? so yeah it's it's pretty powerful in the sense that the number of signals that we get into our cloud uh really from a from an endpoint perspective it allows us to really see what's going on uh on that particular um you know client itself i mean on the client itself we do a lot of stuff locally on the device you know the the days of defender not being uh in the gartner magic quadrant are over Uh, i'm sure you probably encounter a lot of people saying, oh, Defender is not a very good product, right? Um, because it goes back a ways when it wasn't. But that's those days are gone.
0: So yeah, we I use... From, her- I think, yeah, I think the latest thing, again, it, it's top of the tree. It beats everybody else out. If you look at those totally. sort of tests, it's just, it is an amazing product. It really is.
1: Mm. And when you connect it to the cloud, like you, you buy a machine, right? You have Or you get a machine from your IT department, has Defender on it. but till that device is onboarded, that's where the power comes from, right? Mm-hmm. So on the local device, we do heuristics, we do behavior, we do local machine learning models. But we have cloud, but once we once we onboard that device into Defender for endpoint, that's where we start to, to really um, leverage the power of the cloud, right through cloud metadata and through the signals that we're getting in there, right? Um, and then any um, malware that gets encountered uh, will will basically upload cloud metadata, uh, suspicious suspicious files uh, uploaded for inspection um, by um, what we call a deep neural network classifier then we'll do detonation um, in a sandbox uh, and then big data will reason over those uh, based on signals across the Microsoft platform uh, and this is our protection pipeline right it's not just it's not just a, a, a defender on the endpoint combining it with the cloud and the other products that's where you really get the the power, and you know, we've had to really up the game with people pr- primarily working from home, right? So you know, you don't know uh, it's you know it's outside the corporate network, you know that whether it's a whether it's a MacBook, whether it's a personal mobile device, you know, we cover all those platforms. We even cover Linux, right? Um, so it's not just a a Microsoft, you know, what's built into to to the to uh, Windows itself, right?
0: Yeah, I, I had an interesting discussion with a. Uh... You know, IT uh, professional recently, and they were, you know, saying, okay, what firewall and then the port scanning. I said, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. How many people actually work in the office, Uh, or maybe the boss? Well, what's the what's the use of spending all that money on this high-end firewall when? They're the only ones in the office everybody else is at home that's where your thread is as you said is is the email is typically going to be the vector that kicks it off and then it's going to propagate through a machine and so on and, and just having that you know that one incident queue, that one list of alerts that's across all the defender products be it email be it endpoint be it identity on prem whatever um, i think that's really um, going to save or worth more than the value of the product Even if you just look at it in defending terms, it's like, this is going to save me so much time. Now, for me, the first thing I do every morning when I turn on my machine is I look at Sentinel. Sentinel tells me in summary, do I need to worry about anything? If so, this is where I need to go and look. And I use that and drill down from there. And it's just, my God, it just allows me to sleep at night because I can just get this Mm. simple overview of where it is. And I was out of worries and the things it can pick up like you know if you decide to block a certain website or a certain indicator or you know and it's like most of it is false positives but it's just amazing and then the ability then to drill in and say okay well where does this ip address come from oh it's come from the ukraine okay this is blah blah blah. so i think that integration is is the real winner that a lot of people have come from a background of, of you know they use this vendor for this and then this vendor for that and they put another vendor for a firewall and Trying to get them mm. all to work together, and that's what attackers, you know, know and they can ex- and they can um, use their skills against. So, okay, we're looking for the gaps in the armor here, and again, mm. putting that that single stack really makes a lot. Yeah, of
1: sense. and that's increased. That's you know, that's increased during COVID time, right? So, if you go back to when uh, the World Health Organization just declared um, COVID, we saw an increase in the total number of encounters. Encounters of Malware, ransomware, whatever you want to actually call it, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, because criminals are are opportunistic, right? You know, attackers are opportunistic. They look for those, you know, those um, inflections in time, right? Um, so that they're going. We've seen a massive increase, and if you look at the Microsoft Digital Defense report that was recently released late last year, it has a lot of good information in here. And there's also a um, podcast that we do, which is Security Unlocked. Yep. Um, I don't want to put a competitive plug podcast on for you, Robert, but the security on- That's Locked one I
0: listen to. It is one I listen to. It's very good.
1: So and you yeah. might have heard that they they have recently done an analysis of different chapters of the Microsoft Digital Defense Report. And you'll hear yep. them talk about the different encounters and, and the stuff that we've had. I highly recommend that your listeners check out the security unlocked podcast yeah Um, just
0: quickly the last one was very interesting something i hadn't considered you've got now these domains that are on the blockchain that are managed and do the dns style thing with the blockchain the difference is is they can't be taken down like the government can't you know go to an isp or a name provider and you know block that from a bot and you sit there and you think oh crap because then Mm. if you know the attackers then decide to buy all these domains from a blockchain style domain providers like, oh hell, how are they going to stop that? So yeah, yeah. I, I highly recommend that podcast for sure.
1: Yeah, the podcast is great. It even has an, even has an Aussie that I know on there, Nick Nick Fillingham. He's been around oh, yeah. for a while. So it's really yep. good to see him uh living over in Corp and doing that. But uh, you know, going back, you know, to your converse, to your point to be before about uh protecting inside the firewall, we've been talking about this for a long time. And it really kind of falls into our zero trust uh, conversation, right? Um, because you know the identity is the new firewall, really. You know your 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 identity that you have, whether it's your you know your email address, that's what we want to protect, uh, and we do that through different methods. You know, obviously, we do that through Azure AD and conditional access and multi-factor authentication. You know that ninety-nine percent of attacks can be stopped. if Organizations just turn on multi-factor authentication, and it it blows my mind how many corporations have not done that.
0: Oh, there's another, sorry, another report from Microsoft that, that just came out recently that said only 22% of Azure AD users Correct. have MFS like, oh my God, just, those I, are not
1: Those are basic things, you know, so, you know, I have, I, I obviously work in the defender space now and I work in a lot of the, you know, that security and they're trying to protect. Uh, a particular entity. And a lot of customers that I work with, one of the first questions I ask, okay, you want to deploy Defender for employee, you want to deploy, um, you know, Defender for Office 365. Generally, what we see is customers will deploy Defender for Office 365, because they're trying to actually look at the email vector as where, um, you know, everything is coming in via email. And that's where, you know, users are clicking on things that they, they think look legitimate. And believe me, they have, they've really gotten really well crafted. Uh, sometimes it's really hard to detect if something is fake, right? And you know, Microsoft Defender, the platform itself, has simulations that uh, organizations can run with their users so that users can start to better recognize. And we have this in the product. These are simulations and tutorials that they can regularly run campaigns with their users to see to see how their users have are, are picking up these things, um, but on the defender for on the defender for endpoint, obviously there's a lot of there's been a lot of improvement in where we are as a platform from the endpoint side of things. We're obviously a leader in endpoint security. Um, you know, Gartner, Forrester, whatever you call it, Miter. Uh, attack evaluation it's we've been given a five-star rating. I'm not, I'm not here to sell the product, but you know the fact is that it's picked up. There's there's nothing really to work on uh, that star. But it, when you talk about Defender itself, it's not just about the agent that you see on there. We do threat vulnerability management, attack surface reduction. You've seen that in Windows 11. We are requiring a lot more stringent security requirements for that operating system. A lot of that's you know, uh, it falls into the area of attack surface reduction. Uh, We have next generation protection, which is that pipeline that I was talking about, endpoint detection. So what do we do if we do get compromised? How can we respond to it through um, endpoint detection and response? But a lot of what we actually do is automated, right? So we do, you know, in the background, the power that we have with the platform by, by a device actually being onboarded into the Defender portal, we have auto automatic remediations that happen before it ever gets to the user, right? So that we're automatically remediating these things through our machine learning and our AI models, right? Uh, and it's a thing. And the other part, you talked about all these different products trying to get them to work together. We have a central, we have a single API through the Graph API, right? And that means that it, it's it's consistent across the platform. Right. So that's that integration with Sentinel and all those those kind of things, right? So you know, it's a, you know, what I always say to customers, you know, when they're looking to deploy Defender is all those core stuff that they've actually haven't done yet before they start to look at all the Defender products.
0: So right, a very so. good, yeah. So a very good example of that is that API. So for example, I've taken that API. And I've used it with PowerShell to get my own reports or look at my own information. And I've also been able to take that API and use it with the Power Platform to create my own automations, alerting, mm-hmm. reporting, and it's just so easy. That that's the thing, and it's that you know that one. And then, like I said, you you within Sentinel, you've got the KQL language and you know the device information that's being fed into there. You know, Windows security events and and all that sort of stuff. And you can just do a query. On them so one of the queries that i developed recently was one that looks at you know powershell execution to pull down something from the web or to run something or to run a shell process and it's like i don't know five lines of kql um to actually go and do that um, and mm. that's that that's that real benefit and i think again you know the the challenge is is that security is going to become more and more it's not going to lessen it's not going to go away uh, it's going to come down to a real battle of resources, attackers versus defenders. And attackers have got access to just as many resources and virtual machines and botnets, and they can mm-hmm. overwhelm networks. And as a defender, you've got to get really smart and say, look, you know, I need to automate as much as I can. And, you know, system, please tell me what I need to worry about and take care of everything else. So, again, that integration, I think, is, is just key. Now, part of this also, too, is that... Um, if we focus on the Defender for Endpoint, especially mm. for the SMB style uh, reseller customer here, they are shortly going to get um, Defender for Business. That product will be available in Microsoft 365 Business Premium. Um, mm-hmm. So, do you want to give us maybe a, a little bit more granular idea of, you know, what role that Defender for uh, Business would play in an organization when they have it uh, available to them
1: well defender for business uh, obviously it's now in, in preview but you know often and, and look i have a i have a friend of mine who's a, who he says to me he's a real architect um, he actually architects buildings and builds that kind of stuff but he was saying that you know as a small business you know being able to protect a small business is not as you know we we you know it's easy for them right because We often are focused on the enterprise. Um, So Defender for uh, Business is really focused on that 300 or below uh, business, and to make it to give them that enterprise grade um, protection um, at a more simplified cost, you know, plan for for a smaller business. It's kind of like. Uh, defender p1 plus uh, like you said a, a few additional fee features right we we do things like you know email protection anti spam and one of the things i'm going to you're going to hear a lot of when you talk about defender and this this is a tip that i've given to if you're looking to get up and running quickly with this stuff turn everything with anti <laughs> in the name that, that,
0: on that's a, that's a good that's a good global setting yeah. anything with anti right. turn it anything on anything okay. with
1: anti anti okay. malware anti spam anti-virus uh, anti-malware um yeah. all that stuff anything with anti in it is the thing you want to make sure that you know, you turn on to start, um, yeah. to start with to you know so if you look at defender for business uh you know it it doesn't include threat experts which is a uh, a, a group of it's a service from microsoft where you actually have real humans uh, that actually help you, um, that kind of thing. But you know, the core basic stuff that you need for a small business centralized management, simplified client, threat and vulnerability, attack surface reduction, next generation EDR, automated investigation and response, all that kind of um, stuff for a small business is there, right? Um, you know, and so what we're trying to do is because over the last you know, two years with the increase in all these attacks. And, you know, if you've if you've listened to the um, Microsoft uh, Security on podcast or the one with um, Anne Johnson, I don't know if you've listened to that one, uh, mm-hmm. Robert, which is yep. Yep. Um, afternoon cyber tea, yep. um, you know, there's the topic of conversation has been in the, the increase. And it's not just organizations that are large that these attackers are going back, you know, going after. It doesn't matter who you are, they'll go after uh, anybody. Right, so we need to protect small businesses because small businesses are really the backbone of any society, right? Because there's yep. there's more small businesses out there than there are, in lar- there are larger organizations, right? Um, yep. So that's the, it's there, it's in preview right now. So your 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 you're, um your audience can can try this product now. It's integrated in with Microsoft 365 Lighthouse, you know. So
0: it's um, and I, it's and I think it's, one it's, of the big yeah, one of the big benefits and again we keep coming back to this integration point but you know you add defender for biz, uh, business into business premium which already has you know mobile device management endpoint security mm-hmm. now you can roll it out from a central location and with defender for business they're bringing in the policies the automated wizards to create it if you want to do do it that way as well so again you know this integration solution then you've got the microsoft uh, microsoft lighthouse as you say for that multi-tenant access as a reseller as well. So again mm. to me this is the real winner here is this integration. I don't have to worry about oh now I have to go and work out how to integrate it with this or do this or and again if you're smart you can then you know extend it even further with your own customizations whether it's PowerShell or you know the uh, Power Platform integrate it with Teams and so on. So you know again I think the reality is is people have a very have been used to you know Creating a vehicle or a car, and I'll get it—you know—the front tires from this place, the back tires from here, the engine from this supplier, the seats from here, and and it ends up an absolute mess that you can't maintain. And I think that's really the key to good security: is just you know keeping it simple and really, you know, re- having that integration so it's a a tight, complete system. And that applies, like I said in the SMB because you know the attackers are going to target them because they're probably less security aware or less focused on it day to day so having these tools integrated the same as enterprise um, I think is is a huge benefit and something really worth investing to get the knowledge, you know, in there. And and for example, one of the other things that a lot of people don't appreciate with uh, the Defender for Endpoint is the ability to also go in and do uh, website filtering as well, if you want. So mm. it's got a lot of these features built in that people just aren't aware of. They just... To me, it's very interesting. A lot of people are still locked in this old mindset of, I need an AV, you know, and that AV goes out and gets new signatures every month and I'm protected. It's like, oh, that's one.
1: That's only that's only one small attack vector. Right. Uh, And, you know, the other feedback we got in regards to Defender for Business is that a lot of these small business organizations don't have specific security um, personnel. That have you know yep. SOC level experience. So you know, notice what we're trying to do is make this a streamlined experience for those businesses, because it's like, oh, I, if I want to deploy this, I have to have people that that you know are security experts, blah blah blah. And that's what we're trying to do with um, Defender for Business is making an easy to use security solution, so you can turn on all the things you need to. Uh, it's a wizard-driven configuration. I think you've. Played around with it, um, and you you found you found it pretty pretty straightforward. um, To get get these smaller businesses to that enterprise grade security, but not have not have them to be the security experts twenty four by seven, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that's the idea is that we want to make it as easy as possible for those smaller businesses, right? I mean, the product's in preview and, and they, you know, when a product that, just to, to give you some background on how we do our previews, um, when once a product actually gets to a public preview, we're pretty much code complete. We're just looking at scalability at this point in time, right? Uh, so when a product gets to itself, up, you know, if your partners or if you've signed up for it, it will onboard an initial set of customers and then we'll expand it as we get closer to general availability. I'm not sure when general availability is, but typically what I've seen is it's usually um, you know three months or so after preview comes out. Uh, So it should be later this year that you'll see it go. We've had
0: notification that it'll be the end of February, early March. They've put that in the the message center. Yeah, it's only a couple of weeks away. Yeah, Um,
1: it's not long. It's not long. And, uh, you know, so it's something we want uh, that we've obviously, you know, fast-tracked for lack of a better term to make sure that we're protecting those smaller businesses.
0: And I think also, too, again, you know, you go back to that simplicity Again, another integration point for me is the integration with something like Secure Score. Like to me, Secure mm. Score. If you want somewhere to start, I agree. It it's just you know you can't summarize security generally down to a one to you know a single number. But Secure Score again will give you a rating as to you know how well you are on that progression mm. of being secure. Mm. Then I think the more important thing is it gives you a list and says, look, these are the priority things to go out and do. And a few clicks in, and it's basically got a step-by-step procedure um, to go and set those sort of things up. So, again, it's it's not rocket science. It, all the capabilities are there. And I think probably what was lacking, as you've now mentioned, is this integration into this single console, security.microsoft.com. Bringing that all together makes a lot of sense. and I don't have to go, you know, shooting between two different uh Portals and saying, "Hang on, is the threat analytics over here different from my threat analytics over here?" Um, mm. I think that that is just again so powerful to have that summary and bring it all together, and then backed by uh, what Microsoft sees, you know, from all customers feeding that into the uh, environments. I think is again a real winner, and I think something that you know the resources are there and. Hopefully, people will, you know, begin to take more advantage of of what's available for them. And I think the other thing to point out here too is it's not just as you have mentioned; it's not just Windows devices. It's you know Mac, it's Linux, but it's also iOS and Android. You've also got clients on mm. there doing jobs as well. So it it really is an all encompassing solution.
1: Yeah, because people are uh, obviously using uh, m- you know mobile devices all the time, right? Um, you know, so we have to make sure that we're protecting. I mean, we've in Microsoft internally, um, you can't enroll your device uh, you know, or you can't use your device against Microsoft's internal network uh, unless you've actually um, enrolled it in Intune. And then once you've enrolled it in Intune, you get Defender for Endpoint. Uh, and, you know, the great thing about it is it sort of sits there and it's, it's kind of like a set and forget on your mobile device. Right? I mean, obviously us uh, tech nerds, we go and have a look at it uh, on the mobile device when we look at Defender to see uh, what it's actually protecting against. But if I look at my mobile device, um, you know, we've got, um, oh, here we go. I just, I, I loaded up um, mobile device and it says a device update is recommended. Uh, this is something we all tell our family and friends, keep your device updated here, right? So this Defender product is actually telling me that I need to upgrade to iOS 15.3.1. Right, because there's obviously been, um, you know, some you know some vulnerability, but we've also enabled web protection, right? So it's a you know, on my device, nineteen thousand um, links have been scanned in the last twenty four hours, um, you know, for phishing attacks. Um, so you know, it's you know, we want to make sure that we're able to protect uh, those mobile devices. As yeah. Well. So I- um,
0: I think it's it's a really good thing. And again, I think a lot of people, uh, again, are treating it just as, no, no, this is just an AV component from Microsoft. I need to look for, you know, a mobile uh, protection. I need to look for EDR. I need to look for a SIEM. I need to look for all these things from independent uh, vendors. And I think perhaps uh, what we're beginning to see is the enterprise-grade uh, security products, as they always do, or, you know, general with products, is they're filtering down to the SMB now. They're being... Uh, made easy with wizards and whatever. But the, the core capabilities, I think this is one of the big advantages of using cloud-based security is we're going to benefit from everybody's uh, experiences and interactions and you know attacks on other people. This is all going to feed in to the logic from Microsoft for their learning, for the AI, um, and really, I think, benefit everybody to be more secure. But Again, I think that one of the major takeaways is, is integration is key. You don't want to leave any little gaps or things where you know, options can slide, or you, you forget to configure something. You want the system to tell you, "Hey, hey, you know, this needs to be checked," or "You know, I've done this," or to, to get that sort of reporting. So I think that's you know super important, as we've talked about.
1: Yeah, and our, the, the, we've been working really, really hard on um, making sure that the portal. At security.microsoft.com, I wish I could show it to you, but we're on a obviously on a um, on audio podcast only. But well, I'll, I'll use portal- my, hand,
0: my hand puppets now to signal people, so I'm sure that I can work that out. But yeah,
1: yeah. Look, it's uh, it's really it's really just aggregating uh, everything in your your tenant into the one location you know and it starts off with your what you mentioned before in the in secure score so secure score is is the, one of the first tabs that you see in the microsoft 365 defender portal uh, because there's an there's an overall umbrella that we have with the product which is m365d which is microsoft 365 defender of which all of the products sit underneath right think of it as the overarching umbrella secure score is there because it gives you a rating. You know, based on identity, endpoint apps, and it gives you recommendations of how you improve your store, right? So there's some very, very easy uh, steps that you can actually do. You know, for example, turning on the firewall in macOS, or you know, encrypting all BitLocker-supported drives, right? Those kind of things are easy things that you can do to increase your score. Um, so it it gives a an analyst all the things that they can actually do to help improve their score. And I've had a lot of customers that want, that, you know, have looked at the score and they're going, oh wow, we got to do all these basic things uh, to make sure. And that, that, we wouldn't have that data if we didn't have the uh, data coming into our cloud. Like you said, whether it's from uh, Microsoft 365 Defender for business, whether it's a large enterprise, everybody benefits from the data that's in our cloud, right? And that's the one graph API that we have. That really just makes it, um, um, you know, better for everybody, right? So, you know, and that's that's something we want to make sure that we continue to do.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, we. Only have a few more minutes before Jeff has to head off to his next meeting. So, um, again, take the opportunity to thank you, Jeff, for sharing that information. Hopefully, making it a little bit clearer for people uh, the breadth and the importance of things like integration and what products like Defender for Endpoint uh, can achieve. Now, if you're mm-hmm. sort of if you're sort of new to all this, or you're wanting to look at something specific, obviously there are Microsoft documents and so on, but do you have any preferred, you know, resources? We've mentioned the, um, you know, Security Unlocked podcast. Um, that's a great one. Are there any other resources like that that you'd be pointing people towards to get more information yeah. around this?
1: I will mention three. I will send these to you afterwards so you can you can put right. them into the Thank show you. notes. The first one is aka.ms forward slash n 365 ms, sorry, ms365d. Um, That takes you to all of our documentation on Microsoft 365 Defender. So you start there because you want to understand the overarching. Uh, We're also doing a regular series of short and sweet videos. Um, And these short and sweet videos are exactly that short and sweet. We're all time poor. Uh, So that that gives you some, um, and that's aka.ms, MS365D videos. And we cover a variety of topics to get um, people up and running fast. Uh, if uh, people want to get their technical uh, chops up, um, we have what we call ninja training. I'm sure you've heard of this. Yep. Um, so the Microsoft 365 Defender uh, training is, is there, which is really good because it goes through all of the um, best practices and it's updated quite frequently. Um, so the latest Ninja training uh, would be probably January of this year. I haven't actually seen the, the latest one because it's updated so often. But essentially, you know, if you want to become a Microsoft uh, three hundred and sixty-five Defender um, training, uh, you can you can go back to the original one, and we we talk about the operations fundamentals. Uh, there's an intermediate, there's expert, and it basically takes you through a mixture of short videos. And also documentation, because none of this is uh, there's no side doors on this. You have to uh, be able to understand the documentation, and then we do knowledge checks at the end of each one of those, uh, so that you can then and and all you get is kind of like a little PDF that you've done the training. It's not necessarily affiliated with any certification, uh, and um, but it acts a way uh, a way of recognizing that you participated, right? So. The Ninja training is really good if you just want to um, keep yourself up to date.
0: Yeah, and then there's Ninja training specifically for, you know, Azure Sentinel, Defender, for Office 365, for Endpoint, uh, MCAS as well, you know, Defender for apps as they call it now. So, again, lots and lots of this stuff. There are so many training resources out there. It's just mm. a matter of okay, you know, picking the, the obvious one. And most people here, my recommendation is to uh, have a look at the endpoint stuff and get familiar with that because that will typically be rolling into uh, the SKUs that you'll be seeing shortly. I think
1: the latest update for the Defender for endpoint training was August last year. Okay, okay. Um, so that was the latest one, um, you know, so there, I mean, obviously if you go to the Microsoft 365 Defender blog on tech community, uh, it has all that there, but what what I'll do is I'll I'll provide you with those three links that people can get. Excellent. Um, all right, in your show notes.
0: Thank you very much for that. So the last thing you can provide for people, Jeff, before you head off to your next meeting, is if people want to follow you or reach out to you on the socials or get in contact with any questions they may have, how can they achieve that?
1: Um, I'm on obviously all this. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on I'm, I'm on Twitter. But if they go to about.me um, forward slash Jeff36
0: um everything will be there on how to contact me excellent all right well i'll make sure that is all in the show notes as well again take the opportunity to thank jeff very much uh for his time today i know he's busy uh but it's good to get uh the information around defender and the integration and it's good to see obviously microsoft really working hard on these products to uh protect you know all environments in the cloud and on prem so if you haven't Go in, dive in, do some training, have a look at these products. There are plenty of trials that you can spin up for all versions of Defender. I encourage you to do that to get a real feel for it. I use it every day and highly recommend it as well. So I think it's a great solution. So again, Jeff, thank you very much for being on today.
1: No worries. Thanks, Robert.
0: And have a good one. We'll talk soon. Excellent. All right. Well, I'll thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Need to Know podcast. You have been listening to the Need to Know podcast from CIA Ops. For training on using technologies like SharePoint Online or Microsoft 365, visit www.ciaopsacademy.com. By purchasing from the selections available, you'll be directly supporting this podcast. To provide feedback on this episode, visit www.ciaops.com contact.